hear that sound, get some of this. We are back in this corner with Brian Campbell. It's the Thursday edition, WWE style, ready to invade your personal space, getting up close and personal with some performance enhancing audio. You don't need a prescription for this. It's coming at you. Let me bring in my right hand man, my tag team partner, Adam Silverstein. It's payback week, man. You fired up or what? Hey now, fired up for the podcast, not so much for payback. All right, there you have it. Well, you heard this week on In This Corner with Brian Campbell, the debut of our boxing podcast. You'll be seeing more fight sports, real, let's say real life, non-scripted fight sports shows sprinkled in. We'll be hitting WWE today. We still want to remind you, get out there, subscribe, review, rate, spread the word, Tell a friend, you know, tag somebody, phone style, whatever you got to do, get it out there. But, Adam, I see no reason not to just jump right into the main event in a a type of WWE week. Do you hear that noise? Do you hear that that, that grunt, that growl, that inner? Do you know what that growl means? I'll translate for that for you. That means I'm not getting those six hours of time back that I invested in the product. You feel that? Ain't that the truth? It, it was a wasted week. I mean, as soon as really 30 minutes, 40 minutes into Raw, you knew that this was just going to be a terrible week of WWE television. So far, they have delivered to that end. All right. You always hope SmackDown will bail out Raw. That may not have been the case, but the main event is going to start off number one. My number one story of the week, Adam, Jinder Hardbody Mahal personifying SmackDown's creed as the land of opportunity by really, for the second straight week, being the standout story from SmackDown, and I think this week, the whole WWE universe as a whole, I think week one, Adam, it was negative. Why is he getting this chance, et cetera, et cetera. Week two may be telling us something differently. I don't know about your take. I'll lead off with mine. Loved every second of it. There's some that are saying, look, Jinder's getting this push because of what he can potentially do in India for WWE and their and their continued pursuit of global domination. That's fine. But you know what I go back to when you give somebody a chance to perform, you give them an opportunity, you want them to come through and hit a home run and give everything they have. And this spot he is Adam. He's grabbing that proverbial brass ring. I think he's wrapping it around his grapefruits. I mean, that might be, that might be a little <laughs> too, a little too far for some people's taste, but, uh, this guy's a heat-seeking missile. Did you feel what I felt when he's when the upper half of his chest is exploding through the roof of the limo and he has the stolen <laughs> belt in his arms? You know, I have to say, at some point, you have to distance yourself from how we got here. And I think with Jinder and with the WWE title situation, we have to do that. So I have to take it out of my mind how much I hated that they gave a jobber because he was a ooh, jobber, ooh. guy who didn't even win singles matches against low-card opponents, all of a sudden is the number one contender for the WWE title. So I now, now that he's in this position, and I've already ranted on this last week, you and I talked about it extensively, I have to separate that. And I have to say, okay, now that he's here in this position, is he taking the ball and running with it? How is he doing it? So, you know, this week, look, I thought he had really, really good energy on the mic. I appreciated what he did. I thought some of the actual content was a little stale. I'm okay with the xenophobic stuff. Um, I really don't have much of a problem with that, but telling Randy Orton you're better than him because you're more wealthy and this and that. I mean, he repeated the same lines he had from his last promo, and I thought the mic work, while strong in energy, wasn't very strong on content. So I still want to see him improve there. The stolen title gag, eh. 
you know, not really for that either. However, I'm going to agree with you. I loved that scene on the limo at the, you know, when, when they flash back, you know, with them, them driving out of the uh, stadium or, or you know, <laughs> I guess with him just holding that title in the air and screaming at the top of his lungs. I loved that. Now he's never really been an issue in the ring. His talent isn't really at question, but if they can continue developing this, this character, if they can make the Singh brothers be a, a legitimate, you know, tag team backing him up and giving him some credibility. Um, I think this could go somewhere, but I'm not all bought in like you. I know some of our Twitter fans and followers, you know, are tweeting me, don't hinder gender and, and all this stuff. I'm glad other people have bought in. I am not fully bought in, but I got my toe in the water and I'm interested to see what they do with it. All right, that's fair enough. Look, I, you know, what do I not like? I don't like necessarily that he's got a chance to take out Randy Orton with the help of the Bollywood voices, the Singh brothers, and that the, the movie goes to is sort of a one-armed power bomb. It looked like he was going to put him in a Cobra clutch. It turns into a po- – I want something – even if you have to break out a new move, I want something a little more vicious that says if you get caught in this move, you're going to be in trouble. I didn't feel that from there. Well, I, I don't like, know. Well, no, I, I got to disagree. That's a Cobra cl- clutch slam right there, and I think Sid Vicious yeah. used to do that all the time. I have no issue with that as a finisher. That, well, I'm just going to say that right there. I say, look, big guys can do subtle moves and put them over, like the Big Show knockout punch, right? Uh, Sid's a little bit more bigger, a little bit more menacing. We we can agree to disagree. I do like the Bob, the Singh brothers' involvement because it's making Jinder a chicken crap heel in a way, and I think you have to do that if you're gonna if he's gonna be a true heat seeking missile, if he's gonna upset you at the xenophobic comments, if he's gonna take down your champion and actually steal his title. I like that they go in that direction. And when JBL was commenting, something sort of hit me. JBL referenced as Jinder sort of riding away in the limo that he's, that Jinder was doing what JBL did, of course, back in, you know, 2004, 2005 era, when late in his career, he went from sort of nondescript mid-card guy who'd been in a couple of things, APA was fine, whatever, never really been that top level, was given the chance against Eddie Guerrero and ran with the ball and really redefined his career. I'm not saying that will happen here with Jinder, but the correlation is very interesting. One, that it's happening on SmackDown. Two, that Jinder's wearing the fine tailor suits, which I will always pop for. Brings me back to the Four Horsemen. I will always pop for that sort of sartorial uh, fantasticism. But I loved even more that you got the limo. You're showing, you're pushing yourself as like this wealthy oral oil baron who can't be bothered with other people. And when he comes out saying, don't disrespect the Maharashtra, the total package, Adam, of what he's producing verbally is getting me. I am down with it. I don't need Jack Swagger to break through and we the people him, but it sets up room for a strong baby face to sort of be the one that ends up taking him down. I don't know if Randy's that guy verbally, but it sets that up. Yeah, you know, I see some credence to what you're saying. It's kind of almost a Indian version of an Alberto Del Rio, too, a little bit, because don't forget, he kind of had that same type of gimmick. He's Mexican royalty and wealthy and so on and so forth. I didn't see the beginning of JBL's main event run in 2004 that's part i mentioned this last week that's part of wwe that i'm going back and watching right now i missed like 03 to 05 but there's also a difference you can you know uh tap down the apa a little bit but look jbl was a multi-time wwe tag team champion he was in main events he was in uh major angles jinder was a jobber so i understand that there's some correlation there but for me it's taking a guy basically out of obscurity sure he looks great he's Working out, he's on the clear and the and the cream or, or creatine or whatever oh, the hell hey, they're doing. Hey, that, hey, oh. Whatever, whatever's whatever's legal now, whatever whatever's legal now, he's doing. Um, but it's just not the same to me. So I'm not there yet. Like I said, I have the toe in the water. 
I'm willing to play it out and see what happens. We got, you know, a month or so. So let's see where they go with it. Triple H did speak, uh, you know, outside of storylines this week with USA Today, essentially alluding that Jinder on that first run with the company was not ready, was too immature. The second time around, though, he, he also talked about Drew McIntyre. Triple H saying he gave them the opportunity to mature and have a second chance. What he told them was, leave the company. I have nothing for you now, but improve yourselves in the process and come back stronger. Now, I wasn't following Jinder away from WWE. I actually have no idea where he went. I did see Drew as Drew Galloway, you know, like we mentioned, in TNA on the indie scene. I think he's done that. Again, Adam, closing on this, you like to see good stories, right, where people take the advice, they improve themselves, they come back hungry. Nobody hungrier than Hard Body Mahal. Just check out those veins. Check out those veins popping out of the abs just to fire you up to, to, <laughs> to nail that point home. But the co-main event this week, our second biggest story, eh, this is where the eh comes back, Adam, all right? This is where that, that internal grunt comes back nonsensical Bray Wyatt pushing on Raw. Look, I thought this was not a, a strong episode of Raw by any means. You know, it was one of the the weaker. It was one of those go-home episodes that just reminds you that in the current WWE Network era, they don't have that push they used to to get those last-minute pay-per-view buys by giving you something wild that says, oh, man, I got to see how that plays out. This was a great example of that, but let's talk specifically about Bray. The tease all episode that The Miz will have a tag team partner, somebody to bail him out against Ambrose and Jericho. It was what it was. That partner never showed up. And then to reveal it as Bray, Adam, I just didn't go for this at all. Because you're, there's already too many problems with the Bray-Randy Orton feud to begin with. We have a, a Raw pay-per-view exclusive on Sunday and Payback, yet we have SmackDown wrestlers high up on that card, and the, you know, including Randy Orton. Makes no sense. Now you have Bray embroiled in that, and he did another one of his promos that really said the same thing for the four weeks in a row that, you know, he's going to, my you, your house of horrors will be in this. I don't even know what's going on. There's just kid, there's children flashing, there's blood, there's a lot of just mayhem that I try to, try to get away from that. You know, no Bray, you're not, you're not invading my soul, all right? I can fast forward through that part. What I'm trying to say is when he comes out at the end and just appears in the Miz's spot, takes out Jericho and Ambrose, what is this, Adam? What, what is this trying to say? Because you know what it looks like for me? It looks like the, the creative writers, the ones who write the stronger content, are still on their post-WrestleMania vacation with Roman Reigns in, in the New Day. And it, it looks to me like they just threw something against the wall hoping it would stick. And to me, it didn't stick. I don't even know how much effort was put into that. I mean, they think I think they needed a way to end that match and get out of Raw and remind people that Bray Wyatt's on this pay-per-view. And that's just what they threw together. For me... It's awful. I don't understand what they are doing with Bray Wyatt on Monday Night Raw or in the WWE in general. They had an opportunity to develop a main event champion on SmackDown. He had the title at WrestleMania. They pull the title off him. They throw him into um, another match with Randy Orton on a feud that didn't need to continue. It was a rematch for the title. Now it's a non-title match. Um they still have, uh, what's his name? Eric Rowan on SmackDown being as part of the Wyatt family fighting Randy Orton. Why? Bray's not there anymore. How is this possible? Like, I guess none we of it makes sense. They still text, right? We have to yeah, I guess they text. Bros. Well, if, listen, if Bray's writing letters to the Miz to let him oh, know he's yeah. going to be his tag team partner, then he can certainly text with Eric Rowan. I, listen, it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. It's lazy. It's a problem with WWE booking that they have a character who they could legitimately advance month to month, help him develop, help him grow. You know, The Undertaker didn't stay the same character, you know, over his 25-year career. He he grew, and he changed with the times. 
Bray Wyatt has that ability to develop, and he definitely has the in-ring ability to be a main event performer, and he's amazing on the mic. They are just wasting talent. They're wasting an opportunity with Bray Wyatt. And I'm, we'll talk later about payback, and we'll make our predictions and what we think is going to happen on the show. But I'm almost scared to see what they're going to do in the House of Horrors match. I'm not scared at the concept, but I'm worried they're going to bury, bury Bray again. Well, let's let's hit on that title. They, they pulled the title out of this after originally this Orton-White match would be for Randy's title. And I think at that point, that, that was an issue to have the title in it because you're like, wow, that guarantees you essentially that Randy's going to win the match, right? Because that WWE Championship isn't going to stay on Raw where they already have the Universal title, which is red for a reason because the red-based Raw show to begin with. You pull that out, it fixes that part of the equation. Okay, the title's not on the line. Can I believe that that uh, Bray is such an evil heel that he doesn't even care about the title? He just wants revenge for Randy for burning down his prayer shack. Yeah, I guess I can get involved in that. I can believe it to a degree. But that also creates a flip side problem to me, Adam, and that's that you finally got Bray over to the level he needs, WWE creative. You stop burying him on the pay-per-view level. You let him win the belt in Elimination Chamber. You let him enter WrestleMania with people like me writing those features that say, finally, the real-life Bray Wyatt, you know, Wyndham Rotundo gets to the top after being buried. And then you pull the title away from him at Mania. You don't give him a automatic mandatory rematch with which pretty much every other major champion in the last year got, with the exception of Kevin Owens and Goldberg after Fastlane. And now we're supposed to believe he's okay with that. And we're supposed to believe not only did you bury your guy by removing the belt from him, now you remove his chance to win it back. Even if you tell me there's no way it should have made sense that he did win it back, is this this is fake sports, right? So to be fake sports, you have to show a a vision of real sports in in your foundation and what you're trying to present, and then you can screw with the ending and make it fake. Am I going too far in this? Well, it's also insulting because they pull the title out of the match, and they don't really make mention of it. They just take it off the graphics. I mean, we confirmed it with WWE because we needed to know. You know, we're writing stories. We're talking about it. But they don't even really make mention of it. They don't. They could have done a promo uh, where Orton agrees to the match only if the title's not on the line because it's, you know, Bray's special type of match. They just don't think it through. They don't, they book on the fly and they, they don't even think two, three weeks in advance, let alone two, three months. Um, so look, everything you said is correct. I don't have much of an argument uh, about any of it because we agree. I mean, we, we rant about this together on Slack, DMs, texts. We talk all the time and just, not, I don't, not, not cry, but, you know, bitch about Bray Wyatt and what they're doing with him. So look, it's bad. Um, I'm willing to hold a little bit and see what happens at the House of Horrors match at Payback, but Real quick it's not on good. This. And we know that. Is that a tease, though, that that we will be seeing Bray against either The Miz or Dean Ambrose or even Jericho because he took all three out? Is there any tease in there, or do you think that was just haphazard the way it happened? They just happened to be in the ring. He took them out. I think I, I think and hope it was haphazard, and if they're going to have him randomly interfering again in people's matches and doing that, coming out of this House of Horrors match, that's fine. Maybe it sets the tone for that. But if not, I mean, I don't want to see Bray Wyatt and Dean Ambrose, do you? No, no, I, I don't yeah. want to see. I don't want to see any of that. You want to do a good Vince program? Where I'm, I'll be down with. I'll take two heels and run it in a good way. But I don't think they'd do that either. So Never. yeah, yeah, that's where I'm at. And by the way, why do we get so passionate? Because we care, Adam. Because this isn't Survivor, the show on CBS that I love, where it's a one hour a week investment. After commercials, it's a 44 minute investment, right? WWE is a little bit different. If you want to follow it on this elite level, they are demanding a part-time job portion of your whole week. So, yes, I will get this passionate, Adam. I will get this fired up. Some weeks we will be this negative on the podcast because they're making us, all right, because we care that much. Absolutely. Yeah. 
any any other thoughts on, on this rough week of WWE content altogether before we transition out? Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty fair to say Raw was awful. Um, SmackDown wasn't good either, but it being an hour shorter, there being a couple segments we'll actually, I think, talk about in a little bit. Uh, Rusev in particular, I really liked that video, just that 30-second video. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, I think there were a couple things in SmackDown that made it okay. And everyone needs to remember, we taped this podcast before NXT on Wednesday. So we go back the week prior. For me, the best show of the last week was NXT. I loved the Steel Cage match with Ty Dillinger. thought it was fantastic. I just liked the show as a whole as it was presented as they're still trying to make their transition. So for me, NXT won show of the week by a large margin. But any week where Raw and SmackDown are both bad, it's not a good week of WWE TV and a great NXT and maybe a great 205 Live or a great Talking Smack. Nothing's going to save it. Yeah, and shout out to Eric Young in the cage match for the hard way blood. And shout out to him for yeah. the, the elbow drop off the top of the cage. I was down with that completely. I thought, you know, 205 Live, pretty good. Talking Smack will get you, I thought, really good almost. But, yeah, NXT last week was pretty strong. Hey, new segment this week. New segment time, Adam. We teased it last week, sliding into my DMs. Those Them DMs, Adam. They're open. They're open for business. We put the call out there because we wanted to hear from the fan. You got a question for us. You got a complaint. You got a booking idea. Send it in. The DMs are open. The, the flood waves are there. We got a few responses this week. Let, let's let's be men of the people. Let's hear what they have to say. Adam, what do you got? Hit me with the first one here. All right. First one's coming from at Heel Matthew. Shout out, Matthew. You're our first uh, little DM question here. He wants to know if Kevin Owens runs roughshod over SmackDown as the new face of America from now through SummerSlam, is there a better person to finally take him down than a returning American flag waving baby face handsome Rusev? Wow, wow. I mean look, the the real question here is does Rusev have true baby face potential, including switching flags again, right? We saw him wave the Russian, we saw him rave the Bulgarian. Could we right. see him rave the stars and stripes? Yeah, one day. I think it's a little bit too soon. We saw him come back in a pro a video promo on SmackDown this week, essentially calling out Shane McMahon, uh, calling out Daniel Bryan on SmackDown. He's angry with them. He wants a title shot when he does come back at money in the bank. I think there's still work you have to do with him at, at the heel level because he has not received that real big push after that good 2015 feud with John Cena that I think he has deserved. We haven't seen him go higher yet, right? He was caught up in League of Nations. That stunk. Uh, yeah, down the road, he's got babyface potential. But, hey, heel Matthew, for now, let's keep him a heel, right? I don't know. I, I, I like where Matthew's going with this. I loved that 30, 45 second. I mentioned this a few minutes ago. I loved that Rusev segment on SmackDown. I like that this is a guy, not everyone can just be happy-go-lucky with changing brands. It doesn't make sense for everyone. So a guy like Rusev, yeah, he should be angry that, you know, he's he's doing well on Raw, he's with his wife, and now they move him, now granted they moved them both over, and they're giving her a new gimmick, and it looks like she might debut before him. Uh, but I like that he's a little perturbed by it, he's going to give it to the GM and the commissioner, and then he's demanding a title shot. I got to know, though, if they're going to give Jinder Mahal a WWE title shot, why not give Rusev a WWE title shot? But I'm okay if it's the U.S. title. I don't have an issue with it. Um, and him being a babyface, waving that American flag, they can tell a story there and bring him back uh, to kind of go against Owens. Now, I don't know if a Bulgarian versus a Canadian for the U.S. title with the Bulgarian being an American supporter all of a sudden is the way to go exactly. So I don't know if you'll get that. And I also don't know that Rusev would be going up against Kevin Owens by the time we get to SummerSlam. I'm hoping Owens will at least be in the WWE title picture by then. Uh, but I like it, and I'm definitely down for a, a Rusev face push. 
And I'm curious to see how they repackage him when he comes back because he's really talented and deserves it. DM slide number two comes from Lucky. This is at bum underscore brain. Hey, we don't write this, but it comes in. Thank you for the question. Excellent podcast, Lucky says. Very fair criticism. But he'd like to see how we would book Bo Dallas. He says, that guy is a talent on the mic, end quote. Adam, great question, right? How would you improve Bo Dallas because he's going nowhere? Yeah, you know, I think WWE's been asking themselves the same question for the last two years. Um, you know, I think it makes just too much sense to put him with Bray Wyatt, you know, his brother. I don't know why you don't. Um, change, you know, get, get Bray to, you know, get fed up with watching Bo, you know, do what he's doing and he, he converts him to back into the family, brings him back, the long lost brother, the long lost family member. Um, give him someone to have that support, have his back on Raw. It doesn't look like they're going to go with Bray in the world title push and the tag team division is pretty packed. So I don't necessarily know. They'd be a great tag team, but there are a couple of guys who could really have each other's backs. Uh, maybe they win a mid-card title, and and I, I don't know. Just I think it would work. I don't really have an answer for what to do with Bo Dallas because I like him, but I don't really love him. So I think putting them together makes sense. It's how do you get there, and how does it really help move Bray Wyatt forward? Yeah, he has so much dark heel potential in my mind. When he was doing that comedic believe gimmick and, you know, Brock Lesnar was coming through to wipe him out, I saw glimmers there that this isn't just a job or playing out a comedic segment. You could do something with him. He got in better shape. You look, you haven't done anything with him, WWE. Why not do it? Adam said it made sense. I think it makes dollars too, Adam. So, hey, come on, book it. let him grow the beard out. Let him dress like he's from the swamps. It's time. Give him that push. All right, so number three on our DMs. Uh, Bob Backlund, who, you know, it's not Bob Backlund, but he likes to pretend himself to be, uh, at Talkbacks. He wants to know, Brian, what if Jinder actually beats Randy Orton? Like, actually think about it. What if Jinder Mahal is WWE champion? Wow, right? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, you know, I'm going to say it right now. I hope it happens. So I do actually say, you say, what if? I say, let's, let's find out what if. Because we know Randy didn't need the belt there. Clearly, you know, going over Bray didn't make sense. They were transitioning with the with the superstar shakeup, whatever plans they thought they had. Give him a chance. It's time. Give him a chance. No, he, he we talked about it. He doesn't. He didn't fully earn it. Is there some potential marketing wise for him in India? Like we said, yes, probably. That's probably why Bulgarian Rusev isn't getting the push he deserves. Guess what? This happens sometimes in the workplace. Jinder's performing well. Give him a chance, even if it's for a hot minute, right? If he wins the the belt by cheating, you want to see what he can do when the lights are the brightest. You're instituting AJ and Kevin Owens on the U.S. title level. There's flaws in doing that, but if they're going to be tied up for the next three months doing that, that's going to be money. Give Jinder a chance. I'm ready to see. I mean, if you want to put Jinder over and have him win the title on Sunday and have him lose it back to Orton on Tuesday, Maybe, uh, maybe I can be down for that. Maybe if you want to make it an, uh, a 10 day reign and have him keep it for a week and have that rematch the following week on SmackDown, I could maybe get behind that. Maybe there's something there, but this is a guy who, if you really want to give him a legitimate push and make it believable, you put him in the mid card picture. You have him go after the U.S. title. So I think you make it a good match. Um, you have, you know, at, at Backlash, you have Orton ultimately come out on top, you know, thwarting the Bollywood boys or, or the Singh brothers, whatever the hell we're calling them now. But I don't think you give Jinder the title yet, but I do think you can put him in that mid-title picture now that he has some credibility. This is instant credibility in the WWE title picture, whether you like him or not. Very, very fair. Very fair point. Our last one from Blake Molina at B Molina WSU says, 
With no Del Rio, no investment in Kalisto or Sin Cara, WWE sorely missing out on character to connect with that Latino fan base, which has a rich wrestling culture. Very true, by the way. With newly branded colognes, wouldn't this be a perfect time for Carlito to return? They could be a quality heel stable, Blake says. Give them the titles, let them freebird, and let them cheat. Adam, do you spit on the face of those who, uh, <laughs> I mean, where are you, where are you at with this? I mean, I'm okay with a Latin stable. I don't know that those three would be the guys I would choose to be in it. Um, but I do agree with his general thesis that WWE had their, for a while, they were really, you know, honing in on the Latin market and, and some of these guys who spoke Spanish, you know, native uh, speaking. And, you know, I'm fine. They're great. Uh, you're talking about a long history of quality wrestling from, from this, um, you know, group, but right now they seem to be making that transition away from it as he, po- as Blake points out. And I kind of question why, because you have this cruiserweight, you know, division and some of the best cruiserweights in the entire world, uh, are from Mexico and from Latin speaking countries. They're moving maybe a little bit more in this India direction. WWE seems to be going with where the wind takes them these days. They have the United Kingdom title. They're going to be starting a brand or a sub brand or whatever the heck you want to call it in India. Um, I'm sure they're going to go to Asia at some point. I'm not exactly sure where they're going, but I do agree with his general thesis. Something is being lost there. I don't know why, and I'm not sure if they're going to fix it. Well, Adam, let's stay on the quick hits here. Let's enter a segment I got a lot of love for, Hero or Zero. This is pretty easy. One word. Is it going good? Is it going bad? As things stand right now. Yeah, let's start out with Talking Smack, and we saw a new co-host for Renee Young last night. In JBL, Brian, zero big time or hero? hero, big time hero, Adam. Shane McMahon did not work out in that spot. He doesn't have the personality for it. Daniel Bryan was very fair, very strong in that. But JBL adds an extra level of heel spice. Look, his evolution as an announcer took time. He was awful for years. I think now he's pretty good in certain moments. I still don't think he's dark and evil enough. With everything going on in that that Moral Ornallo situation with Moral coming out, giving a statement to Newsweek this week saying, my time is done here, but it has nothing to do with JBL. You can take that for, for however you believe. Both JBL and the WWE also gave statements. I think, obviously, JBL has some extra heel buzz around him from that whole situation and the rumors of the bullying. I thought they used that well in Talking Smack. He did a lot of dative references. He called people out. He was a little bit, you know, a little bit hard to work with. Reference Bobby Heenan. Let him sit in that chair. Let him be a Jesse Ventura, Bobby Heenan-like guy. He's grandfathered into the company. He's a guy they, they love. They put their armor on. They prop up. Let him be a little bit hard, you know, harder than they normally do. I think this is working. I love the debut of it. You know, I'm going to give it a, a hero in the absence of Daniel Bryan. When Daniel Bryan's back, I like him in that chair better. Um, I, I thought that his heel character on Talking Smack was better than his heel character on SmackDown. And there yes. were differences between the two. So. If you give me that JBL every time he's on TV, that's the one I like. All right. Hero or zero, Adam, on the artist formerly known as Shinsuke Nakamura oh. on SmackDown Live. Zero, less than zero, negative points. Whoa. Get, get me the hell away from the artist known as. He doesn't need it. Put him in a ring. Let this guy wrestle. It's been a month. He still hasn't wrestled. He's done one suplex in four weeks. This is awful. I hate what they're doing with him. I love Shinsuke. Shinsuke is a hero. I hate what they're doing with him. I hate the artist known as Zero. Yeah, look, this was a better direction this week than they had done the previous weeks, but it it certainly had its flaws. The best part of him was NXT was he was 
a regular guy who did unique, weird, fun things. Now they're rolling him out there as a unique guy who's supposed to do weird, unique things every second. And then when he doesn't, it's like, who is he? I just don't, you know, zero for how things stand now. Still going to give them the chance to make it work, but they are not handling this correctly. Next up, Brizango getting the number one contender push from the Beat the Clock Challenge two-part match into the tag team title picture on SmackDown. Hero or Zero? I may surprise you, but I'm going hero. Look, you know I'm a Tyler Breeze guy. These guys have a bad gimmick, but they they try their best. And if you're going to say land of opportunity, then Adam, I love that they mix it up. I really do. Because before the, the brand extension, do you know what SmackDown was? It was a wasteland. People didn't watch it. But the one thing you did get out of SmackDown was you got to see mid-card guys have their moments, like R-Truth would have the full intro and sing the song, and actually have a match and get to use his finisher, stuff that would never happen on Raw. To some degree, SmackDown still retains that personality, and I like that. Brizango shouldn't be allowed to win the belts, but give him a chance to, to tune back up and not just be a comedic act. I thought they were great on Talking Smack. They were hilarious. I'm giving it a hero. I'm going to surprise you here. This is a hero for me. I loved it. Um, I do still have an issue with the gimmick as a whole. I don't need fashion police. The WWE in 2017 doesn't need this. Get rid of the Fandango name. Make him Curtis. Make him something else. Uh, I love these guys together. I think they're a good tag team. I'd like to see them work on their chemistry a little bit more in terms of a finisher where both of them work together versus two separate finishers. Um, but bu- uh, buying it, a hero, definitely. Wow, surprising. And I love, yep. by the way, I popped when, when, uh, Dango took his shirt off and, and rubbed <laughs> up against funny. JBL. Adam Hero or Zero on the dumpster match on Raw between Braun Strowman and Kalisto? An absolute zero. I was looking for Duke Drossy the whole time. I know he was at, I know he was at Mount Trashmore in Florida, but he wasn't there. I needed him there. I did like that Kalisto won it. I loved the one-armed pickup choke slams by Braun Strowman. The execution was slow and boring. Um, it stopped the strength build for Strowman. He has tipped over ambulances. He's done crazy things. And now he's pushing a dumpster off a ramp and dumping it, what, two feet off the stage? It was a, a low stage. I remember when the New Age Outlaws executed that exact same thing better with Terry Funk and Mick Foley 15 years ago. It was like an eight-foot stage crashing. You knew the guys were in it. They didn't have to tape it and then let the, the wrestler escape underneath or whatever the heck they did. Uh, on Tuesday. So a total zero in every possible way for me. I did just like that one little sliver that Callisto got the win because it gave Braun the opportunity to then kind of get mad. I give zero to the whole thing. And I just say, if you're going to show Callisto in the ambulance and you don't do anything, you don't have him commandeer the vehicle and right. drive it into a wall, then you just took a step back from where you were building Braun. I'm sorry. That's the way it is. Now you're right. Now hero or zero. Seth Rollins and Finn Balor teaming up and seemingly have no issue working together after what happened at SummerSlam. This is a huge zero to me. It's a flaw in the consistency because I know Rollins was a heel last August when he injured Balor's shoulder by, you know, buckle bombing him into the barrier wall outside. How do you just forget that happened? At least with Ambrose and Jericho teaming up this week on Raw, they addressed their past. They addressed it multiple times. It set a solid foundation. This was a negative. I think it's also a negative when you have Balor across the way from Gallows and Anderson, when everybody knows they teamed together in the Bullet Club back in the way in, in Japan, and now they're just against each other. I, I wasn't feeling it at all. Yeah, zero for me, and there's not much I really need to say that you didn't. It, it, you have to have some type of angst there between the two it can't just be oh like a quick look and then a smile and raising each other's hands it can't be that easy all right adam hero or zero for hideo atami as bobby Roode's new main event title foil on nxt 
it's a hero for me. I like the guy. I love to go to sleep, obviously. But if he's going to be healthy, sure, let's do it. I mean, I'm down. Uh, but he hasn't proven that he can be healthy and stay in NXT and be relevant. So hero, but, you know, let's see what happens here. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, look, Hideo Tommy was actually one of the superstars that first got me into NXT. It's been a long run for him in injuries. Love that he slapped the taste out of Rude's mouth. I'm down for it completely. And last but not least on the Hero or Zero segment, the new women's stable on SmackDown, Natalia, Tamina Snuka, Carmella, and James Ellsworth, they all come together to attack Charlotte because they're angry, I guess, that a, fo- a four-time women's champion got a women's championship match. Hero or Zero? First of all, you said last but not least. This was least, Adam. This is a full-on <laughs> zero. This takes me back to the time, to the beginning of the women's revolution in 2015, where WWE said, we don't really know how to book women strong, so we're going to put them in little stables that really mean nothing. Remember bad, beautiful, oh, and, and deleted? Dangerous. I don't know. Yeah. Dangerous? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Let's delete it. Uh Look, it's, it just stinks. It stunk. It made no sense. Everything about it stunk. Everyone in there doesn't look like they're enjoying it. And how is nobody mentioning that Naomi may have stolen the late Bam Bam Bigelow's ring outfit this week? I mean, that was, that was funny. Awkward. Did you, did you have an issue with the ring out, outfit this week? I did not. Again. It's, it's just cheesy. It's just oh, cheesy. Get over She's it. Beautiful woman. There's a better way to do it. All right. That's all right. But Lay, this is a quick moving show this week, Adam. We got to get into payback. We got to preview this Sunday's pay-per-view from San Jose. Uh, let's get into a little book and predict. We'll, we'll, we'll go back and forth here. Kickoff show match, Enzo Amore and Big Cass in a tag team against Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. Uh, what do you like about the build? Where, where do you want this to go? You fired up at all? You feeling it? You know, uh, any match with these four guys, I'm down for. You know, it's a perfect, it, this is the definition of a kickoff show match. It's guys that don't really have much of an angle. They throw something together last minute and it's good enough to put on the show. If I was booking it, I'd probably put Enzo and Cass over because at some point you have to build these guys up. I mean, when are they going to win a title at any level? My guess is going to be SummerSlam in Brooklyn again, their hometown or, or, you know, something like that. So I have them win this and also it's on a kickoff show. So if you aren't going to give them, put them over Gallows and Anderson on a regular basis, you can kind of do a throwaway one here. Give, get the fans into the show early and give them a victory. Like, I think there's been too many people involved in this feud over the last few weeks to, to not let me realize that these two are actually feuding. I'm not down for it. I'm still sore that the club is no longer wearing the belt. When, when they had the belt, they were getting buried in the booking anyway. I agree. SummerSlam is the time to give Enzo and Cass that big push. So I like the club getting a little bit of comeback here. But I, I have to say, it's on the kickoff show. Nobody really cares. They shouldn't care. Adam, kicking off that main card, though, Cruiserweight Championship. We're going to run back. This is payback. It's running back from what we saw at WrestleMania. Neville, the champion against Austin Aries. Um, You know, they had a really good WrestleMania match. The build since then, it's been all right. So for my money, these two are the two money Cruiserweights as things stand right now. I think until Cedric Alexander comes back from injury, there's nobody else on the level of these two. So that's why, Adam, I say... The time might be now to actually give the belt to Aries. He can carry himself on the mic. He can do some things. If you want to switch it back and forth between two cruiserweights, I think these are the ones. I- I'm ready for that. You-, you down for that? No, WWE has to stop switching titles every two minutes. The cruiserweight was just as bad as the women's. You know, I love monster heel Neville. There's no reason for to switch it now. I understand this is the money, you know, uh, rivalry in the cruiserweight division right now. But you can make Aries kind of earn his way back and get another opportunity. I would book Neville to win, and I predict Neville's going to win. Let's move on to the Tag Team Championship. We have the returning Hardy Boys, the champions, defending against Cesaro and Sheamus. Brian, what do you have here? It's been interesting on this build how there's been a lot of play up over sportsmanship. Two weeks in a row, there's singles matches involving the four on this. 
and they end with that sort of pump fake handshake moment where you're like, ooh, are the heels going to turn? But the the thing is, Cesaro and Sheamus not really official heels, right? I think that that's been part of their build, that one's a heel, one's a face. They, they've been able to bounce back and forth. They were transitional tag team champions for a hot second. I don't really know what that means. They've been producing some in-ring matches between the two. I don't really have a lot of high expectations or feelings about this. Do you think that those handshake moments mean anything ultimately in the way this match plays out? Nah, probably not. I would think it would be strange for WWE to have the Hardys win singles matches to lose the tag team match and drop the titles after just winning them in a monster return. Uh, I still want to see more from them on the mic. I want to see more. I want to know what their current characters are going to be. They're obviously not the broken, uh, but what exactly are they? I would book them to retain. And I predict they're going to as well. What do you have for that? Yeah, I'm right with you on there. Keep the Hardy train moving. See what we got here until they unleash the brokenness. It's not going to be complete yet. We'll see what happens. But Seth Rollins and Samoa Joe Adam is my pick for the match that will steal the show. Because I think it's just weird that Samoa Joe debuted on the main roster with such heat leading into WrestleMania. And then didn't appear on the WrestleMania card, right? Like, wasn't even in the Jobber Royal. Wasn't anywhere to be found. He's looked good since coming back. And I think there's a little bit of a pressure on Seth here. He he was on top of the world before that knee injury at the end of 2015. He came back and the, this face turn hasn't worked out like you thought. During that time, AJ Styles took over the undisputed spot as the best worker in the company. I think that's a chip on Seth's shoulder. I liked his match with Triple H. I like what that push does for him. I think this is going to be the beginning where we start seeing the best we've ever seen of Seth Rollins. And I think it may start with this feud because Joe is operating at a very high level. I don't know who's going to win. I don't I don't even need to, need to give you a prediction. My prediction is that this match steals the whole show. The whole point of this segment is to book it and give predictions. So you do have to do it. I'm going to make you do it after I finish my my little part here. But what I would do is I would actually book Samoa Joe over Seth Rollins here. And I'll tell you why. Because Seth Rollins, he's coming back from that knee injury. But you can sell Joe being the guy who's already taken him out a couple times. If If Seth Rollins is not going to be in the title picture, the universal title picture, in the next couple of months, then you need a long-term rivalry. They have extreme rules coming up eventually. I would have Joe go over. I predict Rollins is going to go over. But I, I would book Joe going over. What about you? Yeah, I want Joe. I think that this is the right spot for Joe to go over. And I think they will because you're going to want that baby face to come through at the end. But the women's championship match on the Raw side, Bailey against Alexa Bliss. I think now's the time to say the push for Alexa Bliss on Raw has been fantastic. Once again, she dominated on Raw this week. I thought her ability to stiff arm the fans during that what chant was, you know, some of the better female mic work that's up there with Charlotte when she's on. I know what we talked about last week. It's not time to give Bliss the belt, especially if you want to do Bailey and Sasha Banks down the run. I know that you hate when they quick change the belts. But if Bliss goes over this week, I'm going to be happy, Adam, because I'm done with this run with Bailey on top. It's not working for me. So who are you predicting goes over? That's what I Bailey want. Bailey prediction, but my heart's saying Bliss, all right? So I'm with you on that. I, I actually, I, I actually, I'm sorry. I didn't look at my notes properly. I would book Bailey to go over, and I predict she's going to go over. I would love for Bliss to win. I think she is a great champion. She's a good person to have in that top spot. But as we've discussed, and you just mentioned, I don't like the changing of titles. And Bailey, at this point, this version of her has kind of been a lost cause. If you're going to have her drop the title, it might as well be at SummerSlam in a major match to Sasha Banks. Have that full that feud kind of run its course and end there with Sasha going over. So I'm okay with her hanging onto the belt for a little bit longer. But if they did give it to Bliss, I'd be fine with it. Let's go to Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt in a non-title, non-title House of Horrors match. How are you booking this thing, and what do you think is actually going to happen? 
look, my expectations are so low that I, I actually think this will surprise us. I don't think it'll save the feud, but I think it'll surprise us. I think we'll see a lot of back backstage action, weapons, some darkness, some whatever. I think I would book it. I'd put Bray over huge. It doesn't matter that he doesn't win the belt. Even if you want to press pause now, knowing that eventually down the road at another one of these majors, you will reunite Randy and Bray for the big match that really does save it. If you want to do that, that's fine. But right now, Bray has to get revenge for the burned down prayer shack for that awful WrestleMania match. Both storyline and in real life, Bray needs a double shot of revenge. Let him go over. I would book it that way, and I think they will book it that way. You took the words right out of my mouth. I'm not even going to give mine because I completely agree with you. Let's move on to the United States Championship. We have Kevin Owens defending against Chris Jericho. If Jericho wins, he moves over to SmackDown. What do you think is going to happen, and how would you book it? This is anticlimactic because I think we all know that Jericho is probably going back to his band Fozzy, wants to go back on tour, really pressed pause on that side of his life because he that, that return more than a year and a half ago became so hot. Last year was a renaissance year. All those things lead you to believe that Kevin Owens is going over. I don't think this is a spot where they swerve you. I thought they ended this feud already at WrestleMania, and that's my problem with Payback, Adam. The story has been told already. So I think the best way to transition out of this is to start up Kevin Owens' feud right now, and that means have AJ Styles be there on Sunday. I know you're saying, oh, whoa, but he's on SmackDown. Yeah, but they already screwed up that scenario as it is with guys crossing over. Have AJ be there, and let's start this thing up. Yeah, I'm with you. I would book Owens to go over, and I think he will go over. I would love to have Jericho on SmackDown and not not necessarily have them continue their rivalry, but I think he would fit really well there. But it's vacation time for Y2J. Fozzie's calling. Let's get him back. Give him his break. We can use him again next WrestleMania season. Jericho has had an awesome renaissance on WWE television. He does not need a title to be over, and he's not going to get one here. And Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman, which we assume will be the main event, Adam. Reigns coming back from what this is probably a two-week vacation. How they book it, I think you got to go Braun now. You've you've put a month into building him as a monster while Reigns was away. You let him flip the ambulance on Reigns. Reigns is going to win in the long run, and he should win in the long run. He's the face of the company. But in the meantime, you need to put Braun over. It doesn't have to be clean. It, it has to be devastating, though. There could be cheating. They put him over as a vile human for what he did to Kalisto. Braun goes over. He should go over. That's how the show ends. Anything less than Strowman winning in dominant fashion, and I mean that, dominant fashion. Um, is a total waste. So you, you have to put him over big. Like we have the broken ribs. We have the separated shoulder for Roman Reigns. He is a total out to lose this match. We've seen Lesnar take major loss to Goldberg. You can have Reigns take a major loss to Strowman, put him out for another couple of weeks. There's plenty of time before the next pay-per-view. That's what you have to do. We need Strowman to go over. I would book it that way. I predict it's going to happen. And that's going to be a very smart move for WWE. Well, that's payback, Adam. Quicker show this week. We we came in, we came out. The only thing content-wise I want to say was shout-out to Baron Corbin for that attack on Sami Zayn to close Talking Smack. It felt real, and it was vicious, and he threw a referee down, and Shane McMahon is going to suspend him under storyline. I'm down with that. Talking Smack is back, and we will be back, Adam, next week talking WWE again, re, re, looking back on payback. So what you can do in the meantime, listeners, slide into my DMs, give your questions, give your responses, but rate us, review us. If you hear something, if you see something you like, say something. What Brian didn't mention is we might have a special edition in this corner Sunday night immediately after payback. So don't forget to listen in for that. We out. We out.